welcome to The Golfing Mind. I'm your host, Robin Seeger, the podcast where we talk about golf in general and the mental side of golf in particular. As an area of fascination to many of us, though it's a part of the game very few people explore in any more detail than thinking, I need to breathe deeply and calm down. I'm delighted to share my knowledge with you that I've learned over 30 years of uh, research and development and the writing of three books, namely the best-selling book, Silent Mind Golf. I also have an online training course by the same name for those of you who would like to study in significantly more detail. This week I wanted to look particularly at um, one player who I think is epitomizing all the qualities that uh, I think give us mental strength. I'm talking about Sebi Ballesteros. I believe that the great golfers and even good golfers and even you, when you're playing your best golf at a mental level, you're focusing on outcome, you have belief in your ability and you're staying in the moment. And I think those are the three sort of pillars of a good mental game. Focusing on the outcome you want, not the outcome you don't want. And then you have a belief in your ability to make the shot. So when you stand over the shot, your expectation is, I will do this, and not, I hope I will do this, or, oh, fingers crossed, I get away with this. You actually believe you'll make the shot. The third pillar is this um, ability to be in the moment. So you're not in the past, you're not in the future, you're wholly in the moment. Time stands still and you just do, as opposed to think. And I think that is, if there is any secret to the mental game, I kind of believe that's where it lies. Now, training your mind to reach these three pillars at will is where we go into mental conditioning, and that's the world that I'm really most engaged in these days. But for me, one player who epitomized all these qualities uh, was Sevi Ballesteros. It's obvious to us students of the game and even amateur enthusiasts of the history of the game, that Severiano Ballesteros was an incredibly ambitious individual. But in fact, his self-belief went further than that. He believed it was his destiny to be a great champion. When he won his first Open Championship at a very early, in his early 20s, he um, said, when asked about it, destino, destino. It was his destiny. Now, we may look at that and think, well, it was, no one has a predetermined destiny. But I believe at a personal level, we can believe that we do. And um, I think that for Ballesteros, this absolute belief gave him incredible confidence. It gave him this absolute conviction that he was going to, he was going to succeed. Now, I'm sure there's many players, even on the tour today, that are and believe they're not destined to win a major. And this becomes a mental block whenever they play in one. They're just going to think, well, it's not going to be me. Now, I'm not sure there's a lot of guys who would fit that uh, description, but I do believe, and I've spoken to people that said to me, you know, I'd just like to win one professional tournament. They don't say to me, I just want to win one major. They just want to win one professional tournament. And we don't even discuss the majors. When Ballesteros was a young rookie professional, he met the golfer who was to become his hero, the South African Gary player. 
Ballesteros, who could be hot-blooded and emotional on the course, was astounded by Player's coolness and mental discipline. He came to admire Gary Player's powers of concentration and strength of will and tried to incorporate that into his own approach to the game. In 1979, when he was 22, Ballesteros met Alfonso Quesedo, who had studied Transcendental Meditation in India. Quesedo had created a new approach to modifying human consciousness, which he called sophrology, the basic principle being to use meditation techniques to manage stress and bring harmony to the mind and body. He encouraged his students to use an exercise which involved visualising desired future outcomes. Ballesteros became convinced of the value of this technique and became one of the first golf professionals to prepare himself mentally to confront pressure on the golf course. Now, this is really interesting. When Ballesteros first met Quesedo, he told him how he prepared to hit a shot. First, he imagined it. He saw the shot and felt it in his mind. Casado told him that he was already practicing sophology intuitively. One of the questions, the first questions Casado asked Ballesteros was what in particular he wanted to achieve. Ballesteros' immediate answer was to win the Masters. To win the Masters. As part of his master's preparation, Ballesteros listened to meditation and visualization tapes covering every aspect of the tournament. He became familiar in his mind with the sights, the sounds, the weather, the holes, the atmosphere, the tension and the crowds. Ballesteros says this was how he won his first master's so easily when he reached Augusta that year, he expected to win. Yet, when the great moment of victory arrived, Seve didn't feel very emotional, and this confused him. He'd always expected to be much more emotional about winning what he'd always wanted, the Masters. Casado later explained to him that in his visualisation exercises, he had already experienced the emotion of winning. His mind could not experience it twice. As he got older, Ballesteros' game became more erratic, but his will to win was as strong as ever. Even when past his prime, he was still a force to be reckoned with in match play. Like Walter Hagen, his natural touch and sensational short game made him a tough competitor. My swing was all hands and brain, he commented. Everything natural. My hands followed orders dictated by my brain. This shows that he did not get in the way of his swing. He was a passionate and intuitive player, but he was also understanding and understood the importance of allying a strong mind to a wonderful talent. Ballesteros trusted his ability to play the right shot and shape it as it needed to be, whatever the situation. Now, I don't know about yourself, but I find that insight into Ballesteros really interesting. He believed in himself in a way that was just extraordinary. When he was young, he was cavalier, he was fearless, he would take on shots that other people couldn't imagine. Even later in his career, he played escape shots that people would have said were borderline suicidal because the risk involved. And I find that later in 
the career of Savio Ballesteros, who remains one of my favourite golfers of all time due to the joy he brought to the, the game itself. His confidence somehow eroded. He looked for solutions. He, I remember my guest on the show a few weeks ago, the uh, former professional tour player and wonderful teacher, um, Mr. Paolo Quirici, told me that he was a young man, he was on the practice ground and Sevi came up to him and asked him if he could see anything wrong with his swing. If if this young Swiss professional new to the tour would mind watching Sevi hit a few shots. Sevi went to see a lot of different teachers. He was looking for what he had lost. And who knows? In truth, I don't know. But if you were to ask me to, to put a, a bet on it, I would say he lost his self-belief. And I think for most players, as we get older, our confidence diminishes as our abilities diminish. Our ability to hit the ball as far, to shape it as confidently, to make as many putts. But who among us will forget at the age of 59, Tom Watson coming to the 72nd hole of the Open Championship, leading a par four to win? He had a superb drive. He had a superb 9-iron, which just had the misfortune of landing in a short downslope that threw it across the green. And when that happened, I don't think many people believed he was going to get down into from off the green. Look, I've enough trouble getting down into from off the green on the practice ground to do it in the final hole of a major championship. I can't imagine the pressure. But I think we need to continuously, to the best of our ability, believe we can make shots and not just wish we could make the shots. But we also have to be realistic. And I see this with most of my private clients. They're not realistic. They want to be hitting the ball further than their body is able to do. They're wanting to be better putters than they are going to be, given the lack of practice they're willing to put in. Anyway, it was just today I wanted to talk about this wonderful power of visualization and how when we do it enough, it becomes so real in our mind that when we can experience it, we can stay very calm. I also do an extended exercise on managing pressure, but I don't have time to talk about that today, maybe another time. Uh, but if you're interested in learning more or signing up for the course, if you go to www.seegergolf.com and then just follow the links as a free lesson. And if you're interested in working with me at a one-to-one level, that's um, available. But mainly, it's an online course, and you can do it yourself over 13 weeks, and it will make a positive difference in your game. Until we meet again, have a wonderful week, and uh, I look forward to our next podcast. Over there.